Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. I'm so excited, you guys. We are coming to you with some playtesters joining me, and we're going to talk all about the next-gen ATP Finals. I have Mark Boone and Eric. Eric is joining us from Atlanta. So if you guys aren't aware, we do have a second location open in the United States and our offices are in Alpharetta, Georgia. So Eric has made the move and he's still playtesting and all that. So welcome. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, for sure. It's an honor. Before we jump into the next gen draw and who's playing and who our favorites are and all of that, I just wanted to give them the opportunity to speak a little bit about how they got started in tennis and how they ended up at Tennis Warehouse and maybe even some of the stuff that you are in charge of at Tennis Warehouse on a day to day basis. So who wants to go first? Oh, well, since it's a next-gen uh, subject here with youngsters, I'm going to default to Eric and give him the option <laughs> since I'm the old guy here. Yeah, All Eric, right. let's, let's go. All right. Um, so basically, I uh, picked up a racket when I was eight years old. Um, I was at a country club playing, and I would just basically hit balls over the fence and laugh. And I guess maybe I just, you know, fell in love with the sport, was playing soccer at the time. Um, and so you know, started playing, kind of fell in love, started playing a ton of tournaments uh, when I was 12. So a little bit of a late start, but loved the sport nonetheless. Um, played all throughout high school, uh, ended up, got the opportunity to play up in college, which was great. Uh, shout out to the kangaroos down in Sherman, Texas. Love you guys. Um, and played for Austin College down there. So uh, had an awesome uh, college career, loved my team, such hard workers. And then uh, you know, during college, I worked a couple of summers here um, down in the warehouse, uh, picking and packing and uh, another summer at the CSR floor. And, um, you know, I always loved T-Dub, have shopped here, big fan, um, <laughs> clearly. And I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be to be a playtester? You know, that's just the sickest job ever. So luckily, uh, you know, I was looking for jobs and found online that there was an opening of web editing and product testing and landed the job. Love it. You guys are great. Basically, web editing, Just mo I monitor our talk tennis message board and uh, write descriptions and edit a lot of uh, different categories and things online. So yeah. Nice. And I am lucky to have probably two of the most positive people that I work with <laughs> on this podcast. Both you Mark try. and Eric literally always have the nicest things to say. They are amazing. Eric is always smiling. And it's been really cool to see him kind of grow. I remember you would come in the summers and it was really cool once you finally joined our team full time. So we're happy to have you. And now you're holding it down in Atlanta. Holding it down. <laughs> in the good old South. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> okay, next up, Mark Boone, give us your deets. What's your story? All right. Well, uh, compared to what I know and I've researched about these next geners and uh, just listening to Eric's story, mine's a little more mundane and straightforward. 
you know, if, if anyone has exchanged emails or, or phone conversations with me in the past, you've probably heard me say something like, you know, it is a privilege to work here. I reflect the same sentiment as Eric. I get to talk to people all around planet Earth about stuff they like, tennis. Uh, sometimes a little difficult to call it a job, more of a privilege, uh, just, you know, being on the podcast as well. Um, I did grow up in a tennis family. Everybody but my sister played, uh, and it wasn't like a forced thing, but it was like a family thing overall. Um, I seem to gravitate and uh, do better at individual sports than I was at team sports. And tennis, for uh, whatever reason, really helped uh, with my confidence. And then after kind of developing a little bit as a tennis player, uh, going back to team sports, it was a lot easier of a transition. Uh, from there, I, I went to wrestling, always stayed with tennis. It was always a seasonal thing. My brother was actually the player. He played at UCSB in the mid-70s. Um, and like I said, my dad was a pretty good player as well. So there was lots of family tournaments, that kind of thing. And uh, growing up uh, near to San Luis in Santa Maria, California, uh, it was one of the one of the coolest life ironies that I ever could have, and that is having tennis, uh, planet Earth's biggest distributor of all things tennis, right here in the 805 area code in San Luis Obispo. So, uh, 13 years ago, uh, they gave me a trial and let me clock in, and they haven't told me to go home yet. So, uh, this is for sure <laughs> been a privilege. Mainly, what I do here, I'd consider myself a bit of a power forward if we're going to compare it to basketball. Uh, just whatever needs to get done is going to get done, gets put in my lap. Uh, a lot of that has to do with some product play testing. And then uh, in, in terms of product training with a lot of the customer service reps we have here, uh, not just in product, but uh, customer sales attitude, um, that kind of thing. So all in all, I get to do a little bit of everything in front of the camera, behind the camera. Uh, if I ever complain, you both know where to find me and get me in a headlock. <laughs> Yeah, we're all pretty fortunate to get to come to work here every day and kind of be immersed in the thing that we all love to geek out about. So, oh, yeah, gotta love it. Yeah. Now, with that being said, let's talk some next gen ATP finals. And I'm going to lean on Eric a little bit on this. I am not completely well versed in the whole setup and the situation. And I know that he really likes to geek out on this <laughs> kind of stuff. So I knew he would be perfect. Eric, give us first, give us a little bit, a little bit of um, an overall of what this tournament's going to look like. Definitely. Um, so super unique tournament, obviously um, started a couple of years back. So uh, next gen finals 21 and under uh, that is the criteria for these players it's going to be exciting super pumped basically i'll just give a little rundown of the rules real quick yeah um so four minutes uh four minute warm-up right after the players step on court so it's really interesting i mean you gotta be ready to go right out the gates second you put your bag down boom you better be on the court ready to go <laughs> and then uh, it's a best of three out of five sets first to four games and a tiebreaker at three all so fast sets but three out of five so it's interesting because i love how uh you know i've always been a huge fan of three out of five formats if you start off maybe a little bit poor you always have a chance to come back so i love that aspect of the match as well. And it's also no ad scoring. So uh, pretty interesting in that regard. So uh, no ad scoring, you know, it's either a set point potentially or a game point or break point. So it's like, you kind of get both ends of the spectrum. It's you're always kind of on edge. It's that kind of atmosphere. Um, so I really, honestly, I enjoy the atmosphere. I feel like you got to be ready to go. Uh, you better be on your game and fighting for every single point because every point matters, especially in a no-ad situation, which is really unique. Um, there are no line judges. It's all Hawkeye. So that is wow. cool. Yeah. Okay. Super <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, no debates on calls or anything. You know, if, if the Hawkeyes acted up appropriately, which hopefully it should be. And then uh, there is coaching on changeovers. So that's an oh. extremely interesting point and aspect of this tournament. You know, there's coaching on WTA side, which uh, is very interesting. But this, you have a headset um, and you get to talk with your players uh, on the court from the from the box, which is super interesting and um, changes the dynamic completely. I mean, I, you know, I remember back in college that sometimes we'd be playing a match and coach would come over and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like clearly this guy has this weakness or you should play this way against this guy, you know? So it's really interesting because sometimes when you're in the moment, you don't quite see sometimes what your opponent is doing and um, your coach, you know, watch from a bird's eye view kind of has maybe more of an understanding and, can analyze the guy's game when you're uh, as opposed to when you're kind of in the moment trying to grind it out. Um, so really interesting on that shot clock, 25 seconds. That's how uh, I was introduced to the tour now. Okay. Um, so that's really interesting. Towel rack. They de- players have designated towel rack. So ball boys don't have towels, but that also makes it kind of interesting because you have to be a little bit quicker. I mean, with the shot clock, 25 seconds, you got to walk back to the towel rack and grab your <laughs> towel. You better, yeah, you better hurry. <laughs> so that's interesting. You don't have too much time to think. Um, and then spectators, this is definitely interesting as well. Spectators can move um, around whenever they want during the match, which is huh. a totally different dynamic that I didn't even think about. Yeah. Nuts. So definitely so. a bit more like party atmosphere. Yeah, I feel party like. atmosphere. Feel we were going to get rowdy. Really intense. Yeah. It's and it's be also fun. taking place in Milan, Italy. So they'll be, the limoncello might be flowing. <laughs> <laughs> As I sit here and listen to this, now I totally understand why you want to lean on Eric. Eric, you could just be a commentator <laughs> there. They need to grab you and get you over to Milan for this event for sure. <laughs> Just, uh, that's pretty top notch. Uh, I do have a question in terms of the coaching. Is that uh, are, is the viewer in on that, or is that private between the coach and the player? Yeah, that's what the, I was wondering. The viewer too. is in on it, so it's cool. it's super cool. Oh, yeah, I love watching it. Uh, you know, from the TV, you get to hear all the insight. You know, the positives, the negatives. Like it's it's fun. (laughs) So could we be witnessing some sort of a test ground because these are younger players because, you know, there's a lot of talk that, you know, people should be able to be a little more audible during play. They should be able to get up, move around, not just on the odd game. So could this be some kind of a testing ground for a change in uh, rest of tennis or at least men's? Absolutely. I I, I think that, you know, I mean, the shot clock that all started next gen. So uh, next gen final. So they implemented it now um, in a lot of tour events, a lot of the main tour events. So I I think definitely this could be um, a step maybe for an innovation in the sport of tennis. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys were aware, but at the U.S. Open this year, the qualifying was free coaching. <laughs> Basically, you could get coach on the changeovers. Yeah, I heard could, about that. Yeah, you could just literally walk over to your coach on the changeover and get coaching. So it that wasn't is. limited. It wasn't anything. So I feel like we're going to start seeing a shift in that direction. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. As long as they don't do anything to no ad scoring, it just stay with the ad. Yeah, right, right. And I love five I, sets I, as well. I, sure. <laughs> I like the grind, the long, drawn out, you know, ebbs and flows. I, yeah, I'm excited to hear some of the coaching. It is tough. I know Andy Gerst was on the podcast and he had mentioned how it's tough to be mic'd up and as a coach, because there are some personal things that you would share or maybe some strategies that you wouldn't want other people to hear about your player. 
So that, I don't know how the players feel and the coaches feel, but I'm excited to listen in. Yeah, it's kind of a controversial topic yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it's all about perspective, you know? So, like, totally. You know, the coaches might don't want to give away the strategy, like you said, and, you know, but the viewers love it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of just one of those oh, well. things, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, well it's, it sounds like it's going to be a great format. Let's talk about some of the players now. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know. Where should we start? Obviously, Stefano Sissipas is defending champion, and I think he was the first to qualify this year. So I would only assume he's coming in as a favorite. Um, Sissipas is actually not playing this year. Ah! In the World Tour Finals. <laughs> we can edit that out. Or just... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hey, I, but yeah, he qualified for the World Cup. But he Thunder. was the first to qualify. <laughs> yes, that, I'm sorry. That is correct. You're right. Overqualified. <laughs> well, that makes sense. He's matured already in front of us, and he's going straight to the ATP Tour Finals. I'm um, just kidding. He, yeah, he withdrew because he's in the ATP Finals. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could start with yeah. the lefties. I maybe Le- have hey, a let's slight bias yeah. for lefties. Or we, uh-huh. or we could go with the guy that just seems like he's been there forever it's hard for me to believe that Shapovalov is still young enough to be included in this this uh, next gen finals i this I is his third trip i've right. been seeing this guy forever in a day um i would almost consider him a veteran at the age that he is and uh it kind of seems like maybe on paper he's had the most wins against the big dogs del potro nadal you know and and he's like all these guys are just they're talented in so many different ways uh, i'm not sure i'm too keen on uh, his rap uh after beating somebody in Indian Wells. So I don't know if that's in his uh, afterlife for uh, rapping after tennis. But uh, overall, just a, a very impressive player. Um, I'd say he's definitely one to look out just because he's just got so much experience. Yes. And yeah. I actually I just had to look up to make sure he was still under 21. And he is. Yeah, yeah it's hard to 20, believe. Right? I've been yeah. seeing the guy like a household name as far as I'm concerned. He's 20, right? He's not even Yeah, 21. he's 20. Yeah, wow. He he's, I mean, 20. you know, might have another year if he doesn't. I mean, he could qualify. Maybe he turns, we'll yeah, his birthday is in April. So, yeah, he'll be 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, super flashy game. Such a smooth player. Won his first title in Stockholm. So he's super hot right now. Mikhail Yuzny, it's his, yeah, his coach. Um, so he's, I think he can implement a lot of different uh, areas of his game. You know, he has a very offensive game, super flashy, like I said. Uh, but, you know, he could maybe, in my opinion, use a little bit more of a defensive slice, kind mm-hmm. of more of a chip on the, especially on the backhand, kind of like a fed, like a chip return or a good chip. So Mikhail Yuzny has always had a really good chip. And I think that's a good coaching matchup. So we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe on the changeovers, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll give him some insight, be like, maybe take a step back, try to chip a couple balls into play if you're getting blown off court. So. We'll see. I like that. And as a non-next-genner over here, the only way I remember Mikhail Yuzny, I think Mark will remember this, oh, is... The anger management <laughs> moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The blood dripping down his face. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I remember this guy. So I'm actually curious to see how he does as a coach and what he has to say to Chapo. I would assume he's much older and wiser now. <laughs> I would assume he keeps him in line. Seems yeah. Like pretty, yeah. 
So you keep them in line. Do we have any other lefties out there, Mark? Yes, we do. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, we have the French, uh, Hugo Humbert, and uh, he's a 20-year-old lefty, career high of about number 46. And like most of them, I mean, you all know my game. I'm kind of waiting for somebody to lose a point. I'm not trying to win the point. Most of these guys uh, can play the cat and mouse, but it seems like they get after it. They are trying to win points, not just wait for somebody to drop a shot. And uh, Humbert, or Humbert, I hope I'm pronouncing his uh, name correctly, definitely a great ball striker. Watched him move around and clay a little bit. Definitely a good mover. I, I hope uh, the best for France. It's been a long time since there has been a consistently great male singles player. Um, you kind of use the phrase uh, with Shapovalov being flashy. I think there are a lot of incredibly talented players over there and flashy as well, but they just don't seem to quite have the staying power with the big grand slams and whatnot. So maybe this is uh, an individual that can break through that ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, Umber, he's uh, 56 currently ATP, so kind of right around you know his career high. Uh, huge lefty serve. Like he has, one, I mean, in my opinion, he has one of the best lefty serves I've seen in a long time. Massive swing wide lefty serve. Uh, he hits a huge ball, really aggressive baseliner. If he's hot, he's dangerous. Um, he likes fast surface. Fourth round of Wimbledon where he lost to Djokovic uh, in a respective three set match. Uh, it's tough, obviously, against the Wimbledon champion. But uh, yeah, Hugo yeah, on there. I mean, he's a great player. Likes the fast surface. If he's hot, watch out for sure. Agreed. And it is being played indoors, so there's a good chance it's going to be a faster court. Right. Totally. Cool. Who Who else do we have? My favorite right now in this group is Alex Deminar. He's he's one of my favorite players. Um, I'm a little biased because I got to work with him at BMP and got to hit with him a little even. And he's just such a grinder. I know he's coming back from injury, but he just lost in the finals last week against Roger Federer in Basel. And, you know, he had a good solid week. So it's nice to see when he's healthy. The guy can scramble and move as well as any. He's I think he might be the highest ranked player that is in next gen so i might be wrong though <laughs> uh career high uh he's at 18 18 yeah. okay. high. very yeah. impressive and yeah. he spent several months out this summer unfortunately dealing with some injuries so i know he hasn't even been able to play a full season this year but didn't he get the uh the bb and t he won that in atlanta this year did he win that one too that's awesome he has won three titles this year Dang. Uh, first title in sydney i feel like that kind of propelled his uh great year that he's had um, gave him a lot of confidence uh and then he just won a tournament a couple weeks back in Zhuhai against okay. Manorino in the final and okay. then final in Basel which I mean and lost that's, side, that's <laughs> a match <laughs> but uh yeah I mean fastest player on tour in my opinion uh never yeah. gives up so even keel mentally yeah. he is for me he's the favorite so, yeah yeah <laughs> i like he's, him he's too. a he's a tough player i like it so uh when you were helping set this thing up michelle eric and i were talking you know that most of these guys are just ball strikers they're aggressive and uh, not you know trying to rely on their defense but Diminar maybe is the guy that uh, is a little bit more of a scrambler and a grinder like eric said um mm -hmm. so i have a slight bias towards that that would be my playing style for sure and uh you know i i probably also have a slight bias towards any pro player that comes out on our court at Indian Wells. Um, I, I definitely am on the on the Barty party. Uh, anyone <laughs> that's come out there. Hey, me too. Yeah, they're, they're, that's just awesome. So uh, yeah, best of fortune to him. I'd love to see somebody like him get to the end of this tournament. Yeah. Um, another favorite of mine, not necessarily, I don't know how popular or how who thinks he's going to win it, but Francis Tiafo. 
He brings so much heart and personality and he's just a fighter. He's so electric on the court. He's another one. I'm also surprised he's still in that next gen category. I mean, I feel like we've seen great things from him for the past few years now. He's strong. He's a good ball striker. He hasn't really had a huge breakthrough yet, but I think he can hang. Definitely. he's uh, He would be the guy I'm rooting for to win it again yeah. from the USA. I'd love to see totally. more than one uh, in that next Gen 8. What was it last year? Did we have Donaldson and, and like Taylor Fritz as well? Right. Um, we had a couple in there, so we're down to one. But TFO, wonderful story. You know, doesn't have that tennis heritage and uh, to go so far with that is incredible. Definitely physically kind of looks to me like LeBron James kind of reminds me of him. And I know he's a big fan of LeBron as well. Uh, So, yeah, I like his attitude. I like the way he carries himself. I see him going far. Uh, I really hope he does as well. Yeah, Francis Tiafo, I mean, uh, super athletic, one of the best movers, uh, great athlete on court, really good hands. Uh, I love uh, how he maximizes game. He plays a good amount of percentage tennis, um, plays pretty smart, but really good hands, plays with a good amount of margin. Um, and I really like how he can play a lot of cat and mouse with people. He likes to drop shot, likes to mix up slices. Um, so I, I really like his game and his chances here. And how about uh, the youngster, Yannick Sinner? I think he got a wild okay. card into this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he did. Maybe the youngest player to crack the 100 right now. I think it was 93 is what I last saw him at. And that started out in February of a ranking of zero. So to go from zero to 93, that's Insane. more than more than impressive in my book, especially considering he looks like he could probably work as a CSR here on the floor stringing rackets. <laughs> one that would take us all to the woodshed and then yeah. some. So very impressed with him. And I'm glad that not all these kids, I I think I can call them that because I'm so old, uh, all these young players do not necessarily look exactly like the country they're coming from. You know, I I really like it. So I understand this kid was a skier, top notch, maybe number two in his age group at the time in Italy. And uh, like Eric said, he was maybe lukewarm to tennis, a seasonal thing, and then got after it. And I mean, the uh, the acceleration from zero to number 93, I, I didn't look at stats, but it's hard for me to imagine too many other players accelerating that fast. Yeah, that's hard. That's just hard to do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, the guy, he has a big game, you know, uh, big serve. His backhand looks actually, I, I like his backhand a lot. It looks similar to Andy Murray. Gets it right in the slot. Super solid. I love how he plays it. Good mover. Really, really good athlete. I mean, like Mark said, I mean... <laughs> Top not a uh, great skier when he was younger. Uh, actually, uh, he played tennis part time until he was 13. Uh, apparently, it was twice a week, uh, roughly. And then he moved off to the Ricardo Piotti Academy and started really training from about when he was 13 to uh, now. Wow. And Ricardo Piotti is still his coach, one of the best coaches in the world. I mean, he's he's really good. I just pulled up some of his results from this year and he had a tough first round in the U.S. Open and pulled Stan. Yeah. Yeah. And lost (laughs) four sets, though. Yeah. With a tiebreaker. (laughs) Yeah. Last week, he recorded a win over Cole Schreiber, lost to Monfi. But the week before he beat Monfi, beat Francis Tiafo and lost again to Stan. So, I mean, he can hang. Oh, yeah. Super talented. Yes. I believe it was semis in Antwerp. Where, uh, against Walenka, yes. where he lost. Yes. He beat. Yes. Yeah, he's a really good player, such a good athlete, and he has really great balance. I mean, uh, you know, he's a skier, <laughs> so I'm not entirely <laughs> surprised. But if you really watch him uh, up close or kind of just study his game, uh, he's one of the most balanced players on tour. Such a good mover. Love watching him. Nice. 
Yeah. I'm excited to see him compete with these guys. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to see his progress sure. as well. I'm yeah. uh, I'm not going to make uh, too many predictions here. Uh, you know, when Medvedev came out on the court at Indian Wells a few years ago and hit with Troy and, you know, you filmed a commercial, it was great. I just wasn't thinking at that time this guy is going to rule tennis and have this tear of a summer uh, with the Grand wow. Slams and all the sure. warm-up to the U.S. Open. So I, I didn't guess the same thing about Djokovic, you know, when he was kind of uh, DNFing out of some matches with a deviated septum and maybe a slight deviated attitude as well i just never pegged him to do what he has done since so this kid's center uh he's got kind of a low-key demeanor uh i'm i'm kind of i'm gonna make a prediction i'm gonna be a hypocrite here i'm gonna say this kid's gonna go pretty far not only in the tournament but uh as far as the next gen or on the atp tour watch out you heard wow. it here first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice he's definitely got talent good competitor now we have a couple more players that I'm going to take the easy pronunciation next. Casper, <laughs> I'm still probably going to mess it up, but Casper, rude, rud, I'm not even sure exactly. Was that easy? Um, I don't know. I don't It was yeah. not easy. <laughs> that was the three that we have left. <laughs> well, I, I'm going with Paul Rudd, the pronunciation yeah. of the actor. So I'm just sticking with Casper Rudd. Him He's or Christian's dad, they can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, Casper Rudd. Houston finalist, books, maiden, Milan appearance. Yeah, really talented. Dare I say it plays very similar to Nick Kyrgios. Very similar. Okay. Like to kind of, you know, mix things up, kind of maybe get under your skin a little with this play. Not saying it was attitude, but, but <laughs> uh, you know, he'll throw in a couple underhand serves occasionally and definitely likes to, he's flashy, good hands, likes to play a lot of cat and mouse. So, um, yeah, like you said. Did you just compare him slightly to Kyrgios? Yeah. And aren't they kind of having a feud right now? That would make sense. Right. Yeah, there's a whole no, like, all, all makes sense yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> okay. I okay. forgot entirely what it was about. But, I think Casper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on Twitter. Oh, I think Casper. I think I remember. It. Oh, yeah, I think, I think he he acted like an idiot. Yeah, and what was it about? What, did he retire? Was it during the chip? Was that the whole chair incident or no? I think so. And let's see. And then I'm pretty clear, sure. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Kyrgios like snapped back at him on Twitter and was yeah. like making, telling him to talk to him to his face. And yeah. that he was also trolling him not to his face. So that was ironic. Yeah. Um, but now this kid, he's, he's got the tennis heritage, right? His dad, Christian, was an ATD. Yeah, his, his dad was a good pro. Retired yes. in 2002 or something like that. And uh, yes. this kid's uh, career high so far is about 54. So I definitely, I'm not a fan of uh, sometimes the posturing and attitude of Kyrgios, but I definitely think shot making wise, he represents the future of tennis. Um, as does, you know, Shapovalov hitting that one-handed aerial backhand. I keep asking myself, what is tennis going to look like at the next level? Uh, watching players like this and Rudd kind of reminds me of where it may go. Yeah, I think you're right. He's got a, he, like you said, the heritage. So let's see what he can do with it. Now, the hardest one for me to pronounce, <laughs> Ketchmanovic. Yes. Is that, is that, did I get it? Miomir Ketchmanovic. Yes. Yes. Uh, talk to me. What do you guys know about this guy? Well, he's got to be for real. Practices with team, <laughs> practices with uh, Jan Struff, has uh, beaten Zverev in Cincinnati, 20 years old, career high of 47. I don't know a whole lot more about him. Eric can probably elaborate a little bit more on it, but obviously if he's in the next-gen finals, this is an extremely impressive player. He's got a nice future yeah. ahead of him. I'm super impressed with this game. Uh, just watching him, uh, he's pretty dynamic. You know, he's a, he's a good mover, 
hits the right ball at the right time, kind of more of maybe he puts a lot of shape on the ball. Mm-hmm. Solid backhanded, solid as a rock. Like kind of like Djokovic, he might be taking it after him a little bit. Uh, he's also Serbian. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he's good mover, slides, very dynamic, hits a super pure, super clean ball. So really good player, uh, quarterfinalist Indian Wells. So he's got game. It's a good yeah. player. Definitely. Yeah. He's got a sense of humor, too. I watched some of his interviews with some of the players there at Indian Wells, and he had some pretty interesting questions for both Fed and Djokovic, asking uh, Djokovic <laughs> if he could maybe borrow some of those Grand Slam trophies, and nice. Djokovic's <laughs> reply was pretty interesting. And then I think he asked Federer which of his four kids are his favorite. Wow, that's... <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> He's definitely got a sense of humor. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> And then let's wrap it up with last but certainly not least, Mikel Ymer. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. Ymer, I'm just hearing it. He's Ymer? Swedish. Ymer? Ymer. Ymer. However you want to say it. <laughs> Mikel. Mikel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could just say Mikel. Mikel from Sweden. <laughs> I like his backhand. It's like the longest two-handed backhand. He really stretches it out. Seems to hit that thing very well super athletic i understand his parents were like professional caliber marathon runners at least 10k wise uh yeah so he comes from a heritage of athleticism 180 spot jump to number 73 very impressive player like watching him play seems to move pretty well on all surfaces and uh, i'm just dying to hear what eric has to uh, add to this yeah yeah i mean he's a super talented player career high 73 so he's playing the best tennis uh, that he's ever played probably uh his coach is fernando gonzalez so oh, i love yeah, him he uh was coached by robin soderling about a year ago but now it's fernando gonzalez one of my favorite players i love fernando gonzalez just an unreal ball striker yeah but uh yeah uh Mikhail, he's a very smart player really solid technique um he's kind of a grinder he doesn't have a huge game but he plays the right way so i really like how he plays um, he's a, as mark mentioned ridiculous athlete such a good mover slides scraps and mentally he's, he's very sound as well so uh, he's a good player fernando gonzalez that is a good matchup especially with the coaching as well on changeovers maybe fernando can tell him you know maybe get up uh, hug the baseline a little bit more good just grip and rip <laughs> just grip go and rip shots and- Take it to him. So uh, I'm excited to see what he has to do. And uh, it's going to be good. He's a, he's a great player. Yeah, I just want to give some kind of an honorable mention uh, to Felix Agar Asalim, Ali Asalim. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite yeah. players to watch, whether they're younger or older. Really impressed by him, just the way he carries himself on court. And he's a very smart player as well. I understand he had an ankle injury. And uh, maybe that was uh, what got Yannick Sinner the wild card in. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, yeah, I was sorry that Felix didn't make it into the tournament. Yeah, he's been really fun to watch this year also definitely yeah he's definitely one of my favorite players similar to uh Djokovic I think slides really solid mentally just even keel he's yeah. a good guy so I'd like you guys to make your predictions all right I personally believe that uh Alex de Menar is gonna win mm-hmm. okay uh, he's one of my favorite players it's on my player profile. <laughs> just say nice. uh, But anyway, I just think he's solid as a rock, never gives up. And regardless if it's best of five, first of six games or best of five, first of four games, I think he's there for the long haul. Every point, just even yeah. keel, every single point, never gives up. Never gets too down, never gets, he, he does get pretty amped, but he doesn't seem to ever get too down. He's such a fighter, so solid. I, I think he's going to win. That's my pick. 
Yeah, even that straight set uh, 6262 uh, last week against Fed. I mean, that was kind of one-sided, but you look at how he never gave up. Like you mentioned, he never tucked his tail once. He literally just found Federer on a day when he was playing better than Federer typically yeah. plays. So to me, that was really impressive because that would probably get frustrating playing Fed when he's playing better than he typically does. So yeah, that I thought that was a pretty impressive loss for him. Sure. So uh, I'm going to pick the same guy. Wow. Okay. I'm picking him too. Nice. So. <laughs> we all think Alex <laughs> Deminar has what it takes. He's kind of one of those that in this list, I feel like he has broken into the top. What's the right word? Echelon. Exactly. That was exactly the word I was looking for. <laughs> the top echelon of the ATP. And I feel like he's been there. He knows what it takes to stay there. So if he can remain healthy and not get injured, I think he's, he's really uh, the real deal. But do you guys have a dark horse pick? TFO. I want nice. him to win, not just because he's American. Yeah. I just really like his style, and it doesn't hurt that he's from the United States either. So, yeah, I, I have a place in my heart for him. I, I hope he makes it through. Cool. Yeah, I really like him too. Yeah, uh, that was a tough one for me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good players in this list, but my dark horse is Ketchmanovich. Ketchmanovich, okay. Ketchmanovich. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, he's he's sick. <laughs> Such a pure ball striker. I just, I love his game. Yeah. Super dynamic. And we'll figure out how to say his name by the end of <laughs> yes. the tournament. I believe that's it. Okay. Yep. That's all right. If I were to pick a dark horse, I'm actually going to go with Yannick Sinner. I think Ooh, nice. it sounds like he has a pretty cool story. He has nothing to lose coming in kind of last minute addition. And sounds like he's kind of got a free spirit when he's at, like out there training and it will be interesting. I'm curious to see how he hangs with these guys. So, yeah, I mean, he has a big game. So, yeah, I would not doubt it. I mean, he could go off. Yeah, I'm excited. We're excited to watch it all unfold. And I did want to wrap up this episode with a few questions from our listeners out there. First oh things first, why don't you guys give a quick overview of anything that you're play testing that has kind of caught your eye, whether it's a shoe or a racket or a string? Yeah, so we're testing the new Phantoms. I've hit with a Phantom 97, really like it a lot. Okay. Very control oriented, uh, great frame. But the one that stands out for me is the Phantom 100X305. It's great. Okay. I don't know if I can go into too much detail. Yeah, don't it. give too much Yeah, away. Yeah, I won't. But yeah, but, you can but, tell the people why you like it. Okay, sweet. Super whippy, really maneuverable, silky smooth plush, and nice. a little bit more added stability, which is just, I personally think it was a perfect update for me. Just going to say it, perfect update. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Shoe-wise, we haven't play tested really many shoes in Georgia yet. So we're kind of getting uh, along with that. Stay tuned for yeah. more shoe reviews um, over here. But uh, the my shoe of choice right now is Sprint yeah. SF. Head Sprint SF. They're, they're great. Okay. Love the super fabric. And they just got a six-month durability guarantee I can't ask for more. <laughs> so love the shoe. I feel fast as ever. Pretty durable as well. So. Nice. Love it. And then string, Slinko Hyper G. Always okay. love it. Uh, 17 yeah. gauge, but I like I like Torbite. Torbites and the Phantoms are great. So Okay, uh, nice. Yeah. We've been playing Torbite. It's been good. Cool. <laughs> oh, sorry. And we are playtesting the Signum Pro experience. So that's an upcoming playtest for us here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Something to look forward that. to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how much more love we can give to Prince Rackets. They can't seem to make a racket that I don't like. Uh, so I'll just try and leave it at that. Lots of those rackets that I'm pretty keen on. Definitely love on my Gravity Pro. I really like that racket and it just makes 
actually playing with other rackets an easier transition as well. Uh, so I'm sticking with the Gravity Pro, but there are several other frames out there. I would say maybe not just even a specific racket, but a specific brand. I am really impressed with Technofiber frames right now. For the last maybe two or three iterations or evolutions of their frame technologies, I've been more and more impressed. And this one by far, uh, they're just very playable rackets. All the XTC frames, the 305, 315, 320, beautiful frames. And then a lot of people are gravitating towards the TF40s, 305 and 315. I just like those frames all the way down to the grommet and the detail. It just in your hand, it, it feels and looks as though they didn't rush through the process. It's very refined. They didn't skip over any details. Uh, they're very finished rackets that feel good in your hand and feel great through contact of the ball. So I'm really happy for uh, Technofiber. I hope they're they're just going to keep going in that direction because uh, at this point, I'm really curious about what they're going to come up with next. They're just a great bunch of frames that they're putting out. Um, String-wise, we're definitely, I think we're all drinking from the same well water. Uh, Hyper-G, <laughs> Hyper-G is it's just, true. you know, if you, why fix it if it's not broken? It's just a great string. Uh, for me, those edgy polys, particularly that one, when I put it in any 1820 pattern frame, I seem to get the best of both worlds where I get that nice connected feeling. A lot of people comment about with the 1820s. And then I also get a nice little arc off the ball and can produce spin with the edgy poly. So backhand slice still tends to stay low. Just love that combination of the Selenko Hyper-G in basically any frame, but particularly a tight 18 main racket for sure. Um, Shoe-wise, again, <laughs> the Super Fabric, the Head Sprint Pro is one of my favorite shoes for sure. But I am kind of sweet on those Yonex Fusion Rev 3s. I'm really sweet on those shoes. They're low to the ground. And considering how connected you are to the court, there's a fair amount of cushioning in the in the heel and the ball of the foot. So overall, those would be uh, three equipment options that I definitely gravitate towards big time. Nice. Nice. Those are good answers. Now, I got this question from Steve underscore J underscore Lloyd on Instagram, and I love this question. If you could mix the perfect racket, which rackets would you combine? So I'm going to give you a little parameter and say you can mix together up to three rackets. And what three rackets would you mix together to create the perfect racket? Jeez, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> right? I love that question. <laughs> that's a great question. That might have to be a standard question. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm just like, if I just think right off the top of my head, and we all know I have like a silly like love for all things pure drive. Yeah. <laughs> And I love my RF-97, so I automatically would go an RF-97 mixed with a Babolat Pure Drive Tour Plus. Wow. Nice. <laughs> links RF. I like I'm pretty that. sure actually Prince made that racket and it's what John Isner uses. <laughs> My arm just got sore just hearing that. I'll take the extended length of the Pure Drive Tour Plus and keep the 97 on the RF 97. So I want the smaller head size, still a 16 by 19, stiff, thicker beam, all the plow through. Let's go. That's mine. <laughs> That's awesome. It's going to be massive. <laughs> somebody, maybe somebody out there will make that. Everyone's right. hearing this. <laughs> next, uh, next. <laughs> what you guys got? <laughs> Eric, you want to uh, go with this first, or you want me to give it a try? Um, I'll go for it. Go for it. If I had to pick three rackets, I would blend pure control sixteen twenty pattern. Okay plushness of the phantoms 
and the stability of the Techstream Tor 100 310. Okay. So, but I would want that in a 98. So, okay. 98 square inches of the Pure Control Tor, the one that was like a couple years back. Yeah. And so, 1620 string pattern, plushness of the Phantom, and the stability of a uh, Techstream Tor 100 310. Okay. Wow. So that's the like Eric uh, signature frame. That, that sounds like yeah. it might be a pretty nice frame. <laughs> wow. That, that's yeah. a really good question. And uh, yeah. I, I've said this for quite some time. There seems to be more playable rackets out there than there were several years ago. Uh, I don't think my games changed that much. I don't think I'm that much more of a versatile player, but there's a lot of frames where if I wasn't playing with the Gravity Pro, there would be several more out there that I would be just as happy with. So I'm going to chime in with the 1620 pattern. That's like an in-between, not super open, super tight. So uh, Yonex's 1620s I really enjoyed, along with you were saying the Pure Control or the Pure Storm or whatever, the Pure Strike VS now, that's 1620. And a 98 square inch hoop, I probably would go for an extra half inch of length. I might not go SW uh, Blade 104 full 28 inch length, but I definitely like like the extended length frame. So maybe something like a, a 98 square inch hoop with a 1620 with more of a bean type like the 305 XTC from Technofiber. I was kind of just thinking, really trying to answer the question directly. And I kept coming back to the Strike, uh, the Blade 98, and how those two frames I really play well with. They're very versatile. And when I get that 305 XTC in my hands, I kind of feel like it is a blend of those two frames. Um, it has an 1819 pattern, kind of tight like the Blade's 1820. And then it's got, you know, the common 98 square inch hoop size. And it's got a rather high swing weight and close to even balance. So even though it's a lighter frame, it definitely gives you a little bit of that heavy racket stability. So nice. uh, that's not a direct answer to your question, Steve, but that is a really good question. I know. I love that question. I'm going to be thinking about that tonight. Right. <laughs> right? I know. Sure. I know. <laughs> And then, uh, like, if you start thinking about rackets from farther back, that yeah. we, you know, so, yeah. yeah, hold on to that one. We'll we'll reconvene and answer it again later. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I have one more question from Instagram. Their username is GU underscore FB. Who is the most underrated player on tour? <laughs> Male or female? We could do both. Or pick one, because <laughs> I know that's... Well, like, I don't know. underrated is they really haven't made a breakthrough yet, or with hindsight, you can make the, the decision. Yeah, I mean, I say define it however you see fit. For me, underrated would be someone that just hasn't, that just maybe doesn't even get the respect that they deserve. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, uh, when we met Barty, Miss Barty on the court... Ashley, uh, really impressive. Again, I just wasn't able to make the prognostication that she would go as far as she has so far. So it, it again, with hindsight, you're like, whoa, I should have seen that. She's definitely, uh, I would say for a while, I underrated her. And now I've definitely been proven to be incorrect on that assessment. Would you say that she's still maybe slightly underrated as someone that's one of the best players on the WTA right now? In my opinion, just kind of the way I understand and, and hear uh, talk about her yes i would say she's a Agreed. little underrated yeah yes, like, she, she's amazing she's not super flashy she's very respectful yeah. hard to get a lot of emotion out of her and i think that that's a really strong suit for her to play in her hand uh she's just very level-headed definitely like the fact that she was a, a dual sport athlete you know playing cricket leaving the game of mm -hmm. tennis for a while and returning so yeah i think there was a little bit of underratedness um on the wata side for her and uh you know Glad she proved a lot of us wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Honestly, that's my pick too. Yeah. <laughs> Love her game. Do you guys think there's anyone on the men's side like that that just maybe 
Well, honestly, Daniel Medvedev could be slightly underrated. Like, Absolutely. I don't feel like I don't feel like anyone's like sure that he's here yet to stay, but he seems to be here, and he's in the top four. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a huge weapon, so I'm just I'm amazed he's done what he's done thus far, and I I feel like a lot of other players are still scratching their heads as to how he's doing it. I mean, he does yeah. not have a huge weapon. He is fast. Um, he's very diligent, patient and diligent, uh, but I just don't see any huge weapons. Uh, the way he's dismantled uh, players all the way through the summer lead up to the U.S. Open was very impressive and i was not expecting that no and he seems to be very strong in the head despite (laughs) all the tactics and everything else he seems to like have a handle of what's going on he can turn it on and he can turn it off he can use the crowd against him he can use the crowd for him so yeah he's an interesting uh it's it's crazy uh he just like yeah exactly like mark said like i don't think he has a huge weapon but I feel like he's kind of deceptive. Like he hits a pretty deep ball. doesn't give you a lot of angles to really work with. And, but he can turn it on when he really wants to, like when he wants to step up the pace, you know, kind of lull you into a little, you know, all right, like I'm just going to make every single ball kind of a little bit slower, but then if, what you know, when he wants to, he can crank it up. So yeah, yeah, he's an interesting one. I like his game. I love his game. Smart player and fastest mover, I think, uh, over 6'6". Six, six, yeah, for sure. Good call. Ridiculously fast. I would say so. one thing. It looks like his forehand got a little bit better um, from a couple yeah. of years ago. It looked like Definitely. he'd worked on that. I did see some uh, footage on he tried to kind of correct or change the swing path a little bit. But uh, yeah, him and then the other one I might say that just impresses me uh is andre rublev uh, another russian guy just yeah. you know super scrappy and the way he just dismantled Kyrios in that one match it was really impressive Kyrios was playing very well and he didn't really have an answer to too many questions rublev have he just kept asking question after question so very impressive player i would say he's a little underrated as well it's a yeah. huge ball <laughs> yeah nice well i think that's gonna wrap it up from us you guys thank you so much for tuning in please keep those questions coming you can reach out to us on instagram or send us an email at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com i also want to let you guys know we are planning on doing a podcast about the atp world tour finals so we're kind of waiting to see which players end up there we've got a couple more spots that still haven't been solidified in that draw yet so we haven't been able to talk about it but stay tuned for that and thank you guys for joining me i love chatting with you guys this is like what we do every day but i'm glad that people could listen to your insight and all that so any last words from either of you guys i do have one question there are two really good looking pumpkin muffins sitting next to me am i allowed to eat one of those (laughs) those are for you i bribe my guests Wow. It would have worked with one. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. And Eric, anything? I mean, mean, thanks so much for having me on. I mean, that was, it's fun. I mean, I love talking tennis. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have to, I I would love to, I know I always say it, but would love to keep doing these more often. And even if they're mini episodes, any like catch ups and, tour gossip and all that i think it's so fun for us to all just kind of connect and chat and share with everyone else and give everyone an insight to what it's like for us to work at tennis warehouse because like i said this is kind of how we operate day to day no doubt (laughs) no doubt cool thank you yeah thank you guys so much for joining thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you subscribe rate and review and let your friends know about this podcast too if you're enjoying it so thanks so much for checking in with us and until next time happy hitting